0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 513, with Julie Neal and Karen Lettery. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 513. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. This episode is extra special because I had the chance to interview two guests who are extremely special women and also sisters. So I'm very, very excited to introduce you to Julie Neal and Karen Lettery. And they are sisters making magic in such epic ways. So let me introduce you to them separately and then I'll let you know what we talk about together. Karen Lettery is the founder and president of Democracy Clothing, the casual lifestyle brand for the modern multitasking women who grew up with fashion and then got busy with life. Best known for its absolution jeans with fit technology, Democracy Clothing embraces women of all sizes and shapes, providing them with confidence-building clothing that helps them look good and feel good while doing good. Alongside Democracy, Karen's proudest accomplishment is the fulfilling family life she's built with her husband of 29 years, David, and their amazing kids, Nicole and Josh. And I am a number one fan of Democracy Jeans, by the way. (laughs) And now for Julie. Julie Neal is a life and leadership coach, community builder, writer, and mom to two high-energy boys who challenge her to grow into her best self. Alongside a 20-year career in youth development, it was motherhood that transformed her and set her on a course to live a truly epic life. Now as the founder of Mother's Quest and the Mother's Quest podcast, Julie provides inspiration, coaching, and community building so that mothers and those who care for young people can connect to support and resources fulfill their unique purpose and live their epic lives. Julie brought us together for this conversation, and she is such a gem. She is one of the most thoughtful people I've met in podcasting, even though our paths have only crossed a handful of times. Everything she does is incredibly generous, incredibly thoughtful, and incredibly intentional. So I'm just so glad that this conversation got to happen, and it was Julie that made it happen for sure. So Julie, I adore you, and I'm so, so glad to have you and Karen on the show. So listen in to hear Julie and Karen share. How you can have the audacity to forge your own path without having to pre-qualify yourself. The birth of the Mother's Quest podcast and Democracy Jeans. How Julie and Karen's separate businesses and goals converged into a collaborative working relationship. How Julie and Karen got to participate at Sabrina Fulton, that's Trayvon Martin's mom, Circle of Mothers event to bring joy to mothers who lost children and family members to gun violence. Shauna's free jeans freak out. And the inspiration that happened when one woman who assumed she couldn't fit into any jeans at a free giveaway actually found jeans that fit her and had a free jean freak out. Karen's philosophy around my body is the carriage I arrive in, which I love. Julie's philosophy of leading and living an epic life. The power of opening the door for yourself instead of waiting for someone else to open the door for you. And how ignorance can actually help you be a problem solver. So, with all that said, there are so many goodies in this conversation. You get to see the beauty of the relationship between two sisters while also seeing how beautifully they are both impacting the world in really special ways. So let's go ahead and dive in with Julie Neal and Karen Lettery. Julie and Karen, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you both here. We're so excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I know. I can't wait. I don't think I've ever had two. Oh, I have one other time. I had two sisters on the show. So you're two sisters and you're 10 years apart, correct? Yeah, that's right. And who's the older sister? Who's the younger sister? All right. I'll admit it.
1: I'm the older (laughs)
0: sister. That's Karen. Karen's older. Julie is 10 years younger. And I have a younger sister, three and a half years younger, but my husband is one of six kids and his siblings are all 10 to 20 years older than him. So so I'm familiar with this like family, this little bit of a larger age gap, which I think creates some fun dynamics. So we will dive into that a little bit more as we get more into the conversation. I want to give context right now to our listeners around how this conversation came to be, because it's been a while in the making. So (laughs) Julie and I connected at a podcast back when events were a thing, but also a few years before COVID it was podcast movement. If I remember correctly, is That's that right? right. Julie? Yes. So we connected there. We have a lot of mutual connections in the podcasting space. Cause the longer you're in the podcasting space, the smaller it gets. <laughs> So this is really fun that we finally get to make this happen. And then Karen is the founder of Democracy Jeans. And I learned of Karen and her work when I was at an event at a business retreat and there was this jean giveaway and we all got Democracy Jeans, which I had not previously heard of. And I got my first pair and I literally have not put on another kind of another jean brand since then. (laughs) So that was a year and a half, I think about a year ago. So that was my introduction to Karen. And then when I found out the two of you were related, I was like, delighted beyond belief. I love that,
2: Sarah. And I feel like you and I have been in these interconnected circles for a long time now. And I really adore you and just appreciate your voice. And I'm excited to be able to be in conversation with you
0: today. Oh, thank you so much. I feel the same. And Karen, have you done a lot of podcast interviews or does Julie just drag you along for fun?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, the interview with Julie on Mother's Quest was actually a catalyst for all of the kind of magical experiences that we've had together. Mm -hmm. And I've done a couple other podcasts since then.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that interview because I listened to that interview and it's a beautiful conversation. And I'm going to make sure that I link to it in the show notes to just hear this really authentic conversation between two sisters. It was like, sitting in on a like little cozy family couch moment, which I love. So I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. So I want to dive in and learn a little bit about where both of you are at right now. So the question I always open with, and I'll let you each answer it, is beyond your bio, what are the dynamics of your personal and professional life? Kind of just briefly, and then what are you most excited about right now? So why don't you kick us off, Karen?
1: Okay. Well, on the professional note, I would say one of the most exciting things that I'm experiencing right now is the introduction of Democracy Clothing on the Home Shopping Network, which involves Skyping from my living room because you can't travel to Florida to be on set. And also the launch we just, in fact, this week was um, the one year anniversary of the launch of our shoppable site, democracyclothing.com. And uh, the thing that's so exciting about the addition of both of those elements is it gives me access to our customer community, which is something that I know is so important to both you and Julie and the work that you do. I now feel that direct connection where I can share the messaging and the thought and the strategy behind um, the, the product that we create. And I get to really hear directly from the consumers and the women out there on, you know, their connection to the brand, the product, and that part's been amazing. But I think ultimately, even though we're here as a result of our professional experience, um, my pride and joy is always the two amazing young adults, Dasha and Nicole, uh, my kids. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're experiencing during this pandemic is just like nothing any of us could ever anticipate and all of the other things that have gone along with it. So I think at this point, we mentioned that I'm the older sister, Julie's a wiser mm-hmm. one, and <laughs> you have a birthday coming up. So I'm going to come, come at this from a matriarchal perspective as the mother of young adult children. How amazingly gratifying it is for me in this moment to watch mm-hmm. them embark on their careers and to see how they're navigating during such challenging times. You know, that from my son Josh's perspective, who is in real estate, how he has completely embodies a work ethic that he's observed from me throughout his life. And from having a very chatty mom, the (laughs) patience and the capacity that he has to be an empathetic listener and to see how that is really impacting, I think, the way he's able to progress in his career because he's so intuitive and so attentive to the people around him Mm -hmm. because everyone thinks it's a great conversation if they're the ones that are talking. And for my daughter, I think both Julie and I are kind of living, you know, just in awe of what she's doing. She works for a social impact agency called Proper Daily. And so during this election cycle, during this pandemic, she's been working twenty four seven. Wow. She handles, you know, celebrity clients who want to use their social media platform to you know for positive impact so she's been working very actively during the election cycle to help you know create equal and safe access to voting to make sure that you know to work against voter suppression and equitable election and right now you know to just help uplift and amplify the issues of communities and people that are not being heard and to do all the prep work and support work to navigate her clients so that they're able to speak about all of these topical and relevant things. And as we all know, from morning to noon, the topics that warrant, you know, research and amplification, you know, multiply.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Such good stuff. So many great things to be excited about. Julie, what about you?
2: So 10 years younger than Karen, I'm the counterpart. I am still very much involved in the raising of my children in my home. (laughs) And during COVID times, the intensity of that, as you know, Sarah, has really increased.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) So I am showing up for them. I have an eight-year-old and a 16-year-old, two boys. They're both differently wired in different Mm -hmm. ways and involved in a lot of advocacy to help them get the supports they need and to thrive. And then I'm also growing this deeply personal venture, Mother's Quest. And thankfully, they both really, they leverage one another. So I feel really grateful In on December 1st, at both myself and Mother's Quest will be celebrating a birthday because I launched the podcast as a birthday present to myself. So we're both turning four, I'm so no, sorry, the podcast is turning four, and I'm going to be 49, I and it. I decided that this is going to be my year of becoming 50. So I'm really looking forward to taking in and integrating all the lessons that have been happening for me over these last four years, and stepping into a next expression of myself in my life.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh. So I can already see, like I've had the pleasure, Julia, of seeing your work ripple throughout spaces. And I see the impact that you have in the podcasting space and the conversations that you're always really leaning into in that space. And then for you, Karen, to see like in your children's work, to see your work um, being mirrored in many ways and living on and just like how cool that is. So I love that there's these two different ways that I've just in these brief answers and and then the work I've seen you do Julie that I've already seen kind of the extension of your gifts in how you show up and in what you're doing I want to go back to you Julie tell me a little bit about what led you to creating Mother's Quest
2: yes I feel like Mother's Quest was really growing inside me like from the moment I became a mother or maybe even before because I struggled with several years of infertility before mm-hmm. I had my first child and I also, was in the youth development and community building space for over 15 years and was really committed to helping young people step into their voice and make a difference. And through that, I became a coach and facilitator for the adults with this message that if we wanted young people to be growing and to be connecting and to be making a difference, then we needed to be modeling that as well because they learn so much more by what they see us do instead of what we say. And so for a very long time, I felt like I somehow wanted to marry these two parts of my life, the work that I was doing, but then also the experience I was having firsthand as a mother. And I also in motherhood really felt like I had lost parts of myself. Mm-hmm. My 16-year-old, it was clear from the age of 18 months that he was not developing typically in some ways. And so there was years of really intensive intervention and advocacy for him. And then I had five years of infertility before I was able to have my second child. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like almost a decade of my life was so consumed by motherhood
3: mm-hmm. that
2: there were these other dreams and parts of myself that weren't growing. And I, the name Mother's Quest came to me and I, the vision vision for it started to grow, but yet I didn't seem to be able to make it happen. And that feeling for a long time had me feeling very trapped in my Mm -hmm. life. And then I had a spiritual experience one day, which could be a story for another day where two birds were trapped in my home. And that became the spark moment or the catalyst for me saying yes to myself, yes to living what I now call my epic life and yes to Mother's
0: Quest. And I've been all in since. I love it. And Karen, I also have to like acknowledge, before I get to asking you a similar question, Karen, I have to acknowledge siblings who are creators because this isn't, I don't think, super common. So I love that you both have built something. So Karen, what inspired you to, to create Democracy Clothing? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, actually, before I just address that, since you're acknowledging sibling creators, I think hopefully one of the most inspiring things about what Julie and I have independently accomplished and accomplished together is that there's no pre-qualification for what we do. We didn't Mm -hmm. study anything. We arrived in our path by forging the path. And I think that's really important for people to know that anything that you aspire towards is achievable and attainable if you have the audacity to believe that you could just get it done and the persistence and the drive to just plow through to make it happen. And so, you know, my background is I had a poli sci degree from UCLA, just to show you how logical that path is. <laughs> so obviously to to you started creating <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Name democracy. That's the only thing that makes sense <laughs> here, right? So I think, and I really started my career in sales and as a salesperson, um, interpreting and analyzing the performance of products and trying to convey that in design to know how you wanted to like have continuity of things that people liked, which ultimately, thankfully I am creative as well, which led me to the space of, of, you know, designing and creating product and actually leading and guiding designers to execute the vision that, that I had for it. I was, I had created another brand called Jolt and Rewind, which was oriented to the demographic of my then teenage daughter, Nicole. Mm -hmm. And What I noticed is as I was creating at the time, it was like when skinny jeans first emerged, there was colored denim, there were ankle zippers, there were all these trends that I was creating for her. And I was living in my post-baby body, which, you know, I said I carried that post-baby weight for decades. So I realized that not only were the things that I identified as fashion trends that I wanted to be able to wear, I realized that there was no brand out there that knew how to translate and make that available to me financially and physically for my post-baby body. Mm -hmm. And additionally, the whole way to hook up your look, I think that, you know, democracy was kind of born in my image for the multitasking, ageless woman who grew up with fashion and got busy with life. And so many of my peers and friends on the soccer field had money to spend, had the desire to buy clothes and be fashionable, but didn't know what to buy or where to buy it or what was appropriate for them. So then I became like, the style coach trying to give them a scavenger hunt list of where to go to buy different pieces because no brand could hook them up head to toe. And so democracy as a lifestyle brand was born really to serve this underserved community of women who, you know, wanted to feel good, to recognize that, you know, our bodies had evolved and changed. And really on the premise of size inclusivity, back in the day, this was 11 years ago, before it became a trend or a thing, it was really to just help women embrace who they are, enhance what they've got, to elevate their confidence by knowing that they can fit into genes and that those genes make them feel the best that they could possibly feel, and then to help them to continue to evolve their personal style.
4: You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust.
5: My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. I love it. I was actually
0: laughing. I was on the site the other day placing an order and on Democracy (laughs) Jeans. And I was reading the review. This is like the trap I fall into anytime I go to make an online purchase, is I have to read every single review. And so I'm reading the reviews and I was like, these are my people. So one of the reviews, the woman was like, Finally, jeans that fit. What did she say? Like, she's like, my odd proportions of like small waist, but big hips and booty that can't hold jeans up. And like all these things, I was like, Mm -hmm. she's my body twin (laughs) and other people have totally the opposite, like no hips, you know, wider at the belly, whatever. And I'm like, this is so great that people with just normal bodies can come and find jeans that Mm -hmm. fit and don't fall down or sag in weird places. And so I felt like just in being on the website, I was like, Oh, I'm home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So your career paths converged. And I think this is so cool because I think that we don't always see, and I think this is one of Julie's gifts, and maybe it's a family gift. We don't always see opportunities to create, to, um, coordinate our gifts, our talents, Oda, or to come together and build something together. And I love that Julie is someone who sees that Julie, you're always like making connections online and every conversation I ever see you have on social media, you're making different connections and seeing the ways that uh, people and gifts can overlap. And so can you talk about how your career paths converged? And I know that this has something to do around Sabrina Fulton's circle of mothers. And I'm very curious to hear about this.
2: Yes. First of all, I feel so seen by you, Sarah. Thank you for that. I feel like that is the highest compliment
0: that you see oh me doing. Oh my that gosh. Well, I value it so you, much. You're so talented in the way you carry conversations on online. Like it's so intentional and that's unusual. So mm,
2: thank you. Well, I'm excited to share the story because it really was a magical unfolding. What happened was the spark for all of it was that Karen's jeans, um, there's a private label through Nordstrom called Wit and Wisdom was featured in a BuzzFeed article. And I had to the date not shared about Karen's work. I don't know why, but I was really excited for her. And so I shared this BuzzFeed article and Nancy Netherland, who's one of my most favorite podcast guests, she's this incredible mother of children who have chronic illness and she's created these things called tools. She immediately responded with like, oh my God, these genes have changed my life. I love them so much. And then sure enough, other people in my community and other friends of mine started commenting on this thread about the impact that democracy had mm-hmm. on them. And I was so struck by that. I reached out to Karen and I said, I really think you should come on the podcast and we should have a conversation and I should share you and democracy with more of the Mother's Quest community. And at first she was really cautious. She had never done a podcast interview before. She was a little self-conscious, like, oh, Julie, you talk about these things that are like so deep and meaningful and I just create genes. I'm not sure your listeners would even be interested, but she took the leap of faith and came on the podcast. And In the course of the conversation, we realized that we actually had so much more in common in terms of our mission. We were really both about empowering women and particularly mothers to claim or reclaim their lives or their bodies, you know, the way that they feel and building a sense of um, rootedness and connectedness in themselves and who they are so that they can look good In Karen's case look good, uh, feel good and ultimately go do good in the world, whether it's in their motherhood or in the, the work that they do that makes an impact beyond their family. So. So the conversation itself, which just unfolded, was really enlightening for both of us. And then it ended up sparking some things for Karen. Like I noticed her stepping into her life in a different way. Some new doors opened for her within democracy and increased ownership and responsibility with the brand. And then one day, Karen reached out to me and said, I feel like you're supposed to help me connect with more of these women and make more of an impact with what I'm doing. And at the time, I had recently interviewed Trayvon Martin's mother, Sabrina Fulton, for the podcast. And as that conversation unfolded, Sabrina invited me to come to Florida for her annual Circle of Mothers Healing Retreat, which is a retreat that she started she actually shared, it came to her in a dream after she was grieving about creating space for other mothers who have lost a child to gun violence. Mm. And so I said, yes, of course. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? (laughs) I'm going to this event by myself. I don't know. Am I going to, I was, you know, imagining I would be one of a few white women there and, you know, didn't want to negatively impact the community in the space in any way, but I also had this sense that I was supposed to be there. Mm. And so when Karen said, I think we're supposed to do something and I want to help other women, I said, well, maybe we should connect democracy to these women at the retreat because Sabrina puts together these incredible swag bags and she just loves to shower the women with gifts as well as a a transformative experience. And so I said, I would reach out. And when I did, they encouraged me to bring Karen along. They said, why don't you come with your sister? So then I asked Karen if she would, and she took a leap of faith and said, yes. And then that experience was incredibly transformative.
0: Oh my gosh. I have like had goosebumps that entire story. (laughs) what a huge invitation. And I so uh, like just to be a part of that. And then to also be so conscientious of how you want to honor that space and probably by trying to not take up a lot of space. Oh my goodness. What a huge, what a gift. Karen, can you talk about that experience for you and what it was like? Yes.
1: So there, Julie and I were in Fort Lauderdale at, you know, on the eve of the, the event and we had set up um, an adjacent room at this hotel with tables of and I had to guess the sizes of the jeans because they only they gave the women like polo shirts. So based on their shirt size, I tried to to provide and later when we talk about your experience, what it's like to try to anticipate and have size representation that's inclusive of all women. And as we later learned, your top size and your bottom size are often not connected.
0: Yes. Um, I'm totally
1: one of those people, by the way. Yeah. So we set this whole room up and then we sat there during the, the orientation portion and started to hear these women share their stories. And Julie and I looked at each other and I just said, oh my God, what are we doing here? This is such a heavy and deep and personal moment. How shallow and superficial to think that giving these women genes." was an appropriate transition for this faith. And I want to just preface it by saying the reason that I suggested bringing the genes is just trying to imagine myself, which I could never possibly do. All I could do is just give empathy and love and open arms to these women. But mm-hmm. my children are my everything. And God forbid I lost my child. I don't know how I would wake up and get out of bed every day,
6: right.
1: let alone add meaning and purpose to that loss. But I do know as a woman how depending on what side of the scale I'm on, waking up and figuring out how I'm going to start my day starts with what am I going to put on and is it going to fit and how am I going to feel in it? So the premise for this was, you know what, if we can take one worry off their plate and provide them with the absolution jeans, which, you know, have the no gap elastic waistband inside. So it conforms to your shape and the power mesh panels that smooth your belly. So there and then stretch fabric that just accommodates and adjusts to your shape Those properties and what they can do to boost your confidence, I knew were really impactful to me. I just thought maybe this will take one worry off their mind. So we set them up in the room and then they kind of released one table at a time. And as the women came in, we were just chatting and just talking to them about, you know, their body. So it was like a distraction from this heavy purpose that they were there for. And then all of a sudden we realized we were just women in the room, size inclusivity. Everybody has a different body shape, a different body type, a different fear, a different preference. And we just started talking to them about that and giving them the jeans. And these women started coming out and it wasn't even like a dressing room. We had like these little partitions. It was just a very interesting environment to be in. And they came out, you with joy and smiles on their face like oh my god there was one woman who said i haven't felt this hot in a pair of jeans since i gave birth to my daughter 27 years ago and so all of a sudden these women were leaving this very heavy you know setting coming into the room coming back with jeans but all lit up and happy so then Everyone, instead of just being one at a time, they they all started to come into the room because they did not want to run out of the jeans. Well, we didn't have enough bigger sizes. So some mm. of these women were able to fit into jeans one and two sizes smaller, which was an even more confidence building experience. So there was that portion of it. And then to hear Hope Buchanan, who is one of Sabrina's like amazing angels that work with her, say... I never thought that a life could be changed by a pair of jeans, but these jeans were magical and they changed their lives. And for that to unfold in front of both, for Julie to witness that, for me to be able to experience that maybe what I thought was shallow and superficial and and an exterior thing was actually something that just could fill people's hearts and, and could have meaning. And we had that aha moment together. Yeah. The other thing that I learned from that experience, because I think Sabrina is someone who I truly admire. She is a life force. How she rallied to be able to to bring purpose and meaning and to make changes as a result of her personal loss was, ama- was so amazing. But she is surrounded by a, ne- a family network. Her mother, her sisters, her brother who was paralyzed, they bring him to all of these events, her cousins, her sister friends, that this is an entire community that works in concert with her for this purpose. And they're so driven and passionate. And I feel like that is so much a reflection of the community that I've built within my family and my work family. That's really magical. And that was a huge takeaway.
0: Yeah. I love that you bring up this idea of creating joy for other people And I think that it's so interesting. I totally, I feel like I would have had the same experience early in that day, sitting there with the jeans at the back of the room being like, I don't know about giving jeans away to grieving people, like, you know, like thinking like how, to your point, like how can this be enough or like the next, the right next thing or whatever. But it's amazing what can bring joy and lift people up in a moment. And you just, you don't know what that thing is going to be. And then it's so obvious afterwards. Like, of course, this is going to be the thing that like, helps them be seen and helps them feel confident and brings them joy and surprises and delights and like all these layers to it. And so I so appreciate that you're sitting back there feeling hesitant and nervous. It sounds like, and then it erupts into this like completely magical experience that brought so much joy, and I think that's always the risk of creating something and putting it out there is this feeling of like, is this the right thing that people really want or need? Is this the right thing at the right time? But if you're living in your core values and rooted in your values, which I want to kind of get into next, I think that it is the right next thing, and mm-hmm. it is the right next thing for the right people at the right time. And so I love if, that- I,
1: if I could share before we move on. You know, we develop relationships with these women. And during one of the exchanges, somebody, one of these women posted, like, I haven't worn jeans in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like I flew home in them, they felt so amazing and went through all of this stuff. And I just replied to her saying, thanking her. Yeah. Thanking her for acknowledging that and how amazing that made me feel. And I really did nothing she's the one that that was really doing everything by yeah. you know having the courage to move through life and to make an impact and all of these women were really being coached and and encouraged in, in advocacy to do something purposeful and you know what she said to me she said no she said you you really did something for me you cared mm-hmm. and it honestly i have a lump in my throat from that moment because i think For everybody, we may not, you may not have a business, you may just be a person like, but you can make a difference in someone's life. You can make a contribution just by seeing them, just by being Mm -hmm. aware and sensitive and how impactful empathy and real genuine compassion, what that can do to help fuel women to move on with their journey and to support them. And I think that's really important.
0: This episode is supported by my very own membership community, Momentum Mamas. So shout out to all my Momentum Mamas who are listening. I love you, I adore you. You are the very best. I love showing up for you every week. And if you don't know what Momentum Mamas is, it's my membership community where every week I do coaching with all y'all. And it's so much fun and it's deeply impactful. So when you're a member of Momentum Mamas, you get weekly group coaching with me on top of a fantastic Facebook group and an online community that is going to change your life. We have members who've done so many great things, including but not limited to quitting their jobs, starting their own businesses, doubling their income, leaving toxic relationships, leaving toxic workplaces, improving their marriages, improving their relationship with motherhood. Oh my gosh, I just had a woman the other day on one of our calls. She was crying saying, I can't imagine what I would have done and where my life would be if I didn't have Momentum Mamas over the last year. And so if you are looking for a place to be connected and to have support and to learn how to best take the next steps to take you into the next phases of your life. I got you. And Momentum Mamas might be just the thing for you. So enrollment is opening next week. As I shared earlier this week, we have pushed it out just a little bit to out of respect for the space people need to be attentive to what's going on in the world right now. But enrollment does open next week, the week of January 25th, and I don't want you to miss it. So right now, all you need to do to get more information on Momentum Mamas when we first release it next week is go to shamelessmom.com slash newsletter, and you'll just get on my newsletter to make sure you're getting our emails, and then everything will be released in email next week for you to get all the information on Momentum Mamas and make sure that you are ready to go when we open enrollment. Enrollment will only be open for a few days, but I don't want you to miss out. I'm saving a spot for you if you are needing a community and support and ongoing coaching and love from me. So pop over, get yourself signed up for our email list at shamelessmom.com slash newsletter, and you will get everything you need in your inbox shortly. Absolutely. And it's that being seen piece. And I know that that is what you bring to your podcast, Julie, to help mothers feel seen and be seen and what you're bringing to your brand. I actually, I think this is a good time to tell the story of the giveaway at the event that I was at, because you brought up that woman who said she hadn't worn jeans in 20 years. And when we were told, so the, the context of the event that I was at, it was in at this mastermind retreat with a business coaching group that I had been a part of for a while at that point. And it was so interesting when we were told there was going to be a jeans giveaway, I think we had to, or I remember we had to submit some sizing in advance, but the day that we were, that the jeans were being given out to us, like we went to lunch and we were told when we come back, there's going to be jeans on the back table and we're going to do like this little giveaway and you get to go try them on. And we set up these little dressing rooms. And so we were told this, and you could feel that there was people in the room who were like, yes, awesome. This is so fun. And you could feel that there was other people that were like, hold on a minute. Like, I don't wear jeans. That doesn't work on my body. I don't change or try on clothes in front of other people. Like there was this these layers of people's comfort and excitement and also total discomfort. And that had to be addressed. That like some people were like, I don't want to try on these sizes. Or also there was definitely a few people in the room who were like, well. I'm not sure they're going to have my size. And the person leading the event, Rachel Rogers, she said, I promise you, we have all the sizes covered, like go find ones for you. We have something for everyone. And she was totally right. Like literally there was something for everyone. There was actually multiple things for everyone. Like I think I tried on like four different pairs and I just had to pick between like which ones I like the best. <laughs> so it was a really, really positive experience. And I can absolutely, I absolutely saw women at that event having that same experience that you say where p- they were like, why well, don't usually wear jeans? Or like, I can't find sizes that fit me when I, you know, walk into the gap or etc. And that was a really very empowering experience.
2: I want to say because maybe we can link to this. There's one of the women that was part of your community there, Shauna O'Hagan Morrow. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but mm-hmm. she is a blog. And she wrote a blog post called Free Jeans Freak Out. And then she also recorded a podcast episode about exactly what you're saying about the hesitancy she had, the concern and worry that she would not, there wouldn't be a size for her and all of those feelings that sinking feelings she had during Mm -hmm. the whole experience. And then the fact that she took a chance because she was like, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not even going to go look at the table. And she took a chance and she trusted and then she found, she tried them on and just was so elated and felt so good to be included um, yeah. that you know she wrote this amazing post about what that was like for her
0: I love so, I'm, um, I'm so glad you mentioned that because we've all linked to that in the show notes
3: for sure.
2: Yeah. It's just so inspiring to read that. And as Karen's sister, you know, to experience that day at the healing retreat, like when the whirlwind of all the women left the room and to take a moment and be like, oh my God, what just happened? And to actually see Karen take in the impact mm-hmm. of her work and then to hear stories like the one we did from Shauna and there have been more since then, it is incredibly gratifying to see what my sister has created.
0: Yes, yes.
2: I
1: just want if I can add one thing. I know when I did the podcast with Julie, she had asked me a question about, you know, know, how I see myself. And I think, you know, my weight has fluctuated. I've been a size 16. I'm currently a size 10. You know, so I have constant and total empathy at all times for the struggle that women, have to feel good and comfortable in their body. Mm-hmm. But I said that when I walk into the room, I don't want to be preoccupied with my appearance. I want to be known for the energy that I bring and for yes. being charismatic. I want this my size to have to just be the carriage I arrive in. And if I can help contribute to women, and that's why I just was so absolutely grateful to hear Shauna's perspective about what that transformation was, what she was dealing with in her head about how she wasn't the same as everyone in the room. I'm sure she's a very vocal and and feisty, Shauna, she goes by, vocal person. (laughs) I'm sure in the dialogue in your retreat, she felt that she could go toe to toe with everybody. But what size inclusivity can do for someone when they realize that they do have equal access? to the same things that smaller women have. Yeah. How that transformed her personal confidence and what that made her feel like. But all the the stuff that she had to deal with in her head, that adversity to get herself to the point to be willing to take the risk. And if you don't try, you don't get to experience the elation of success. And I think that's just something that women deal with. I don't hear men discussing how they feel about, you know, their size or their appearance because money can correct that for men. But for women, it's so important for us to to be able to multitask and do all the things that we're trying to achieve personally, professionally, to not have that baggage impact our confidence that plow through all of our endeavors
0: is really key. Absolutely. I love that you said that your body is the carriage you arrive in. I Mm -hmm. think that's so powerful. Oh my gosh. I put that's that will be noted in the notes here as well. (laughs) So good. So I want to talk about you've both built businesses firmly rooted in your core values and that have really deep impact in terms of the work that you do. We've talked a lot about democracy and genes and the impact of genes on a woman's perspective and experience and feeling seen. And Julie, similarly, your conversations that you have, oh my gosh, your conversations are so incredibly thoughtful and beautifully prepared and also have really deep impact in terms of allowing a guest to be seen and allowing a guest to share their experiences and their vulnerability, but also doing that in a way that has deep impact to the person listening and to the audience. And so can you both talk about how you have intentionally built businesses rooted in your core values? And Julie, do you want to start us off?
2: Sure. I think one of the things that is just really true for me in terms of how I show up in everything is This commitment to being thoughtful, to being reflective, to making meaning, and to being very intentional. So when I started it, I got really clear for myself about well, what does it mean to me to live an epic life? And Epic became both this metaphor for stepping into being the author of my story as a mother and not feeling like I need to abandon myself in motherhood, but also Mm -hmm. these guideposts that I think help us to live that life when we're raising our children. So in some ways, the guideposts are values. engaging mindfully with our children p is passionate and purposeful impact beyond our family i is invested in ourselves and the importance mm. of that making space for that and then c is connected to a strong support network because i believe that we don't need to go through this journey on our own and that so much is possible when
6: we're in community
0: lynn this time of year parenting can be such a fluster
6: klux. you've come to the right place Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
2: And then a couple of years into Mother's Quest, I wrote a, and created a manifesto. And I realized that I also was looking for more clarity around values. And so the epic also stands for values that are important to me. So engaging with kindness, authenticity, and generosity, pausing to reflect and make meaning and to learn with a growth mindset. I is for inclusion especially those who are marginalized and a commitment to raising my own awareness and moving into solidarity and activism. And then C stands for curiosity in service to other people while also honoring boundaries and confidentiality. So I do come back to both the guideposts
0: and the values Mm -hmm. in everything I create. I love both of those. <laughs> but I mean the guideposts and the values. Okay. I want to make sure I d- clearly define them. I love both of those so much. I think those are such so I talk a lot about core values and I think that sometimes people are like, oh, that's like cute and fluffy. But when you really create core values or get t- uh, dial in your core values, in a way that's really intentional, it becomes such a simple filter through which you can make decisions where you can be like, oh, should I do A or B? And then you're like, oh, well, based on my values, I'm going to, obviously A is the better choice right now. And I think it actually leads to a life that is much less complicated and much less messy and has a lot, you know, more impact and more opportunity in many ways. I love all of that so much. Thank you, Karen, go ahead.
1: So um, full disclosure, I do not own democracy, unfortunately.
0: Oh, I thought you did. I, uh, correct me. Uh, Tell me.
1: So I think that's actually something that's very interesting about my story. Democracy is owned by a company called Calwood Apparel. When I okay. joined the company 17 years ago, it was actually a publicly traded company, two and a half billion dollars, this huge with like all kinds of multi-brands. It's now privately owned. What I was able to do, which I think looking back is pretty extraordinary, is I was able to build a brand based on my intuition as a designer and as a woman in terms of what what the void was out there, that I was given the space within the company to use resources. They didn't fund me. They said, oh, evenings and weekends on your existing staff for the job that we're paying you to do, be my guest. And so it was a side hustle business that I was able to create within this large organization. But because it wasn't an invested focus initially by the company, I was able to build it In terms of my core values, which is number one, picking my team, the women, the partners, the people that are inextricably tied to the success. I often say I'm the octopus, but I've got all these arms that are making Mm -hmm. the body move. So being able to mentor and enable people to come on board and to manifest their gifts and contributions, the, the unique ability to have a vision and to hatch it, to shepherd it along, but to be able to bring to find people much like Julie does that bring them into the process where they feel complete and total ownership for what they do. But for the end result to still be the image of my vision, I think is an extraordinary accomplishment. Um, so I'm very proud of how the business has grown. And the people that have remained with me 15 years, 20 years along the way to continue to evolve and be instrumental in the success. And then also to have been able to, without knowing it from a marketing perspective, to be able to identify that this revenue generating fashion brand was going to be geared toward multitasking women of all shapes and sizes at a time when there was no such thing as size inclusivity. When mm-hmm. the brand launched I was interviewed and everybody wanted to know what was the age of the customer because if you weren't 25 they weren't interested and once you hit that benchmark it was like you were out to pasture. There there was no real, no one identified the consumer power <laughs> of mm-hmm. this demographic of women And also that you don't need to put an expiration date on style, that that's a personal choice that we choose for ourselves, our vitality and our interest and, and how relevant we are. And, and so that was, you know, something that was just intuitive based on how I was feeling and that we were able to build a brand and to create technology that, you know, espouse on the values of the principles of what we call curve equality, which acknowledges, That all shapes are different, but created equal. We don't assign value to a shape. We just embrace it and want to make women feel good. And then subsequently, what I've been able to do through my partnership with Julie and, you know, in the last year and a half has been to really identify that we want to help women feel good and look good while doing good and to shepherd change-making women, and to support them, and to highlight them, and to observe and share their journey in terms of what they're accomplishing. And what Julie has been able to do has been to, I call it her magic pixie dust, <laughs> just like clicks her heels, and then plucks somebody out from her Mother's Quest universe, or from reaching out, usually through social media. And she spends a lot of time, I don't want to make it sound like it's by happenstance. She just has this magical ability to identify women who are on the verge, like a Rachel Rogers. And all of the women that she's brought into our fold have been just on the cusp of just the ultimate trajectory of greatness. And so it's been amazing to connect with these women to absolutely just, you know, revere in what they're trying to accomplish. And then it's like magically in that moment, the minute Julie puts them into our orbit, we watch them just take off. And to see, once again, the legitimate connection and how democracy is really something that has made an impact on them, much as you shared how it's made an impact on on you and the work that you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So can you tell me what are some of the biggest lessons you have each learned about how to live your epic life? You've given both some really great examples, and I can see how this shows up in each of you in really similar parallel and then sometimes intersectional ways. So can you each address that if you want to start, Julie?
2: Yes. There's a lesson I learned that has been coming back to me recently with a lot of clarity. I mentioned that I had this day where these two birds were trapped in my house. And that was the day I said yes to myself. What happened was the actual act of figuring out, oh, my God, how do I get these birds out of my house? (laughs) Had me realize, oh, all I need to do is open the door to this Mm -hmm. back garden that I have and they'll fly out at the time it was first I was only one bird and I didn't realize there were two which took on significance as well later but I stood at that doorway that day which happened to be the one year anniversary of this mother's quest pilot workshop I did and Facebook gave me that reminder like oh, oh it's wow. been a year and I had this like horrible sinking feeling it's been a year since I did this and I've done nothing with this dream of mine and I just felt terrible, terribly trapped. And then all of a sudden, these birds were trapped in my house. Oh, my gosh. So the realization at that doorway for me that day was, we don't need somebody else to open the door for us. We just need to open the door and step through ourselves. Yes. Yes. And that was what Karen was speaking to earlier as well about like neither of us had like particular training for what we created, but we had a vision and a belief and a passion and we chose ourselves, we said yes to ourselves, we said yes to our dreams, we opened our own door. And recently, I took this um, tiny book course, you might know Lindsay Smith or Alexandra Franzen.
0: Yes, I saw that you mentioned you were working on this. I'm so excited to hear more. So go ahead. Yes, because
2: also being an author and creating a book has been a dream of mine. And the tiny book course to me was, I spotted it. And I was like, "Ah, yes, this is it. This is what I need. And so we recently had the celebration on Monday, where we were all sharing our book concepts or our books in whatever stage we were in at the end of the program. And I told them that I had this remembering of the lesson I learned the day I said yes to Mother's Quest about opening our own door. And that was what was so inspiring about all these women sharing about their books is that none of us waited for like, you know, our platform to be big enough or Mm -hmm. um, for the literary agent to pick us or for the publisher, the big publisher to, you know, give us an advance on our book. We all decided that we wanted to be authors. And so we would make that happen. So I would say that's one of the biggest lessons that has really been resonating for me recently.
0: Oh, I love that. So good. Okay, Karen, go ahead.
2: So I
1: think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned probably starting with the mother's West podcast is, you know, since I built a business that is very much extracted from the soul of my being, but part of a a large company, I felt very kind of self-conscious about stepping out in a founder role. And what I've really learned about today's society is like, everybody wants to know the who behind the why of the what. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about all of these storied brands that Mattress, you name every category of product that you might buy and how all of these disruptors have entered the marketplace. But by telling their story, by being authentic Mm -hmm. about, you know, what they're doing and having, you know, something that's obviously very valid to share. Julie and I had a great experience last year. We went to Guy Ross's, what was it called? The How
2: how I Built This Summit. Yes. And oh my so gosh, for, how fun. Oh my, it was
1: such an extraordinary experience. And again, as somebody who has just everything I've done, I did, but I didn't know I could do, mm. I sort of felt like I say, there's posers and players. And sometimes I found myself feeling like a poser, even though there were some very legitimate achievements that I accomplished. Because I didn't have a structured path to get there, the fact that I got there, sometimes delegitimize my own, you know, sense of what I was really achieving. And what was amazing was to hear, I mean, they had people that had just unbelievable outliers, just tremendous people who've made impact on everything. And the one thing that they had in common, which I finally could say I have the same connection is they all identified a problem that needed to be solved Mm -hmm. that they had no real legitimate expertise in. But they had passion, drive, and probably the ignorance to <laughs> feel like they could tackle the problem. Every single one of them said if they had known what it would take to achieve what they ultimately set out to achieve, they probably would have never done it. I so love
0: that. I love that fearlessness,
1: distinction. Yes. That audacity and fearlessness. And then I would say the other thing too is I have always just said, This is my picture. I've got to look at this picture. And instead of spending my time identifying things about this picture that I don't like so that the experience of looking at it is a negative one, I've always just said, find a spot that you can look at and just show up and look at that spot. And I think that positive outlook has translated in my ability to make that connection with customers so that regardless of what, again, what carriage they show up in, that, that I'm, I'm really helping to create their ability to like their picture.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, such great answers! Oh my goodness! you too! I would love to sit at your Thanksgiving table when Thanksgiving dinners are a thing again. And no. I, I feel like the family conversation must just be so rich with all of the you two just you have a beautiful the way that you synthesize and process is really fascinating to me from a sibling perspective. And you have a beautiful I can't think of the right word, but a beautiful way of existing in conversation together and complementing what each other says in like, different ways around the same thing. I love it. Okay, so I need to know how you're each showing up as a shameless mom right now. Julie, why don't you go first?
2: I love to ask my children for insight when I get questions Mm. like this. So last night I said to my teenager, Ryan, um, I explained to him what the shameless mom means and what your premise is. And they said, how do you see me showing up as a shameless mom? And he got really quiet. And then he said with total clarity and conviction, you are shameless when you advocate for us. Oh, so good. And he's right. I really, I think there are few places in my life where I have ever been as rooted and grounded and fierce Mm -hmm. as I have been in all the many ways that I advocate for my kids. So I feel like that's part of my answer. But then I also talk to our mother every day. And this morning I was walking Luna and talking to my mom Mm -hmm. and I shared this reflection from Ryan with her. And she offered me another reflection, which I think is the other part of the the puzzle, which is that, yes, I show up shamelessly for my children. But what is different for me since I launched Mother's Quest is I also show up shamelessly for myself, that I am no longer- So good. Yeah, I'm no longer willing to hold that my kids with even their unique needs that can consume all of me. And so even as we've been through a cycle of some new discoveries with my youngest, who we recently learned is dyslexic and various things happening with my teenager that have demanded as much, if not more of me than ever before, I have been relentless about also holding on to the things that are bringing me joy, the things that are about my purpose. And Mm -hmm. I'm just not, not willing to abandon myself anymore.
0: Oh, so good. I love it. Thank you. Karen, go ahead.
2: So I think again,
0: as
1: coming from the matrilineal matriarch perspective of our little group here today, I think the thing that I'm probably would say been most has been much how I show up as a shameless mom, has been um, the way in which I pursued with a vengeance, unapologetically, my personal passion, that's how grateful and fortunate I was to identify something that I truly loved, that had the ability to sustain my interest, my passion, my gifts, and to evolve and to embrace those challenges, which meant that I traveled probably 12 times a year to New York and three times a year to Europe and twice a year to China and to other places while raising a family without compromising my presence in my children's life, that this was a choice and I was going to do this, but I was not going to allow other people to judge me for that commitment. And that I was willing and able, as long as my children felt loved, appreciated, that they could count on me, that I showed up for their events was a soccer field at eight in the morning or whatever it was that I was there in total heart and spirit. And I really feel like the fact that even though I mentioned that they're young adults, last year I was in London and my son was moving into an apartment with his roommates. And you know the fact that he speaks my opinion, they were looking to buy furniture for their apartment. So despite the time difference, I had him FaceTiming me from like Ikea or the store to get me (laughs) to weigh in on what he was purchasing. And I feel like that was such a full circle moment to note that my career and my drive did not in any way um, impact my kids from feeling like their mother is there
0: for them at the ready. Oh, my goodness. I love it so much. It's so fun to hear people talk about their children as they become adults, because it gives me this vision of like, that's going to be my life someday. What is that going to look like? So I love this so much. Oh my goodness. This has been so fun and so deeply, deeply inspiring. I can't thank you both enough for being here. And I feel like we need to have like a follow-up conversation in a year. And there's, we didn't get to half the questions I wanted to ask. so, So we will have to do it again, but this is really, really, impactful and I'm so grateful to both of you. I'm so grateful for your missions in the world and so grateful that you took the time to show up here today because I know this conversation is going to inspire other shameless moms to go ahead and open doors for themselves, which I know will be only expand the ripples that we all get to have in the world. So thank you so much for being here. Tell people where they can find both of you. So why don't you, Julie, go ahead and go first. Julie's podcast is amazing. Like I said, she's such a thoughtful curator of conversations. So where can people find Mother's Quest and listen in?
2: Yes. Well, first of all, Sarah, I need to thank you. This was such a gift, this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's the first time Karen and I have ever been on a podcast or in conversation like this together. And um, we actually had a blast prepping for it last night too. So it's been just good on so many levels. I'm so grateful to you for this opportunity. People can find mothersquest.com or mothersquest.com slash podcast to find the episodes. I also have a private mothersquest Facebook group. So if you go to mothersquest.com slash community, you can get connected there. And on Instagram, I'm at mothersquestpod.
0: Perfect. So we'll have that linked up in the show notes. And Karen, where can people find you and Democracy Jeans?
2: So they
1: can find me and Democracy Jeans at our website at democracyclothing.com. Um also at Democracy Clothing on Instagram and on Facebook. And I just also want to encourage anybody that, you know, you mentioned the reviews. We absolutely listen to all of the feedback that everybody gives to us. And it makes us feel so grateful and privileged um, that people not only try our jeans and our clothing, but that they take time out of their day to share their feedback, good or bad. So I just want everybody to know we're here. We listen. And thank you so much. I always get like a little bit stressed out in preparation for this. because is not my space of what I normally do. But you do such mess- a
0: great job. You don't need to be stressed out.
1: <laughs> well, because I'm a, a chronic talker.
0: But <laughs> I do your gifts. I do really
1: want to thank you for this experience. I feel like it's a full circle moment for me and for Julie. When we finished the original Mother's Quest podcast interview, we did sit there and say, wow, we took time for one another to learn about each other because there's always so much commotion going on. And I Mm -hmm. think that right now we're both experiencing the same thing. I think we finished our prep call at 12.45 a.m., Last night, because that's when we could fit it in. And once Uh again, I just want to say thank you because it was such a gift to have carved this time out and for the privilege of sharing our thoughts and our feelings and our stories with you and your listeners.
0: Oh, I'm so honored for all the work that you put in ahead of time. (laughs) That's very, very kind and generous. Okay. So I'm going to link up everything that you just mentioned in the show notes. So if people go to shamelessmom.com and click on the episode with Julie and Karen, you can find all that. And then also, Karen, you have a really generous promo that you're offering to our listeners as well, where they can get 20% off for a purchase for the full order. Correct? Yes. Okay. It's a one-time use, but for the entire purchase. Entire order. So- I'll tell people to go get themselves some jeans. And then you, I mean, everything on the side is great, but also don't forget to check out the outerwear, like the coats, because you all have the cutest, like little faux fur coats. And I bought one last year that I haven't had a chance to wear yet. And I'm like, I need to get like a photo shoot scheduled so that we can bust out this little fur coat. So I'm very excited about that. So I will link up that discount. It's democracyclothing.com slash discount slash shameless mom for people to get that 20% off. And that will be linked up in the show notes as well. So and that's making like, uh, me
2: think uh, of one more thing I want to share, uh, which is that we have loved sharing people's what we call gene journeys, both on the blog, the website, but also on Instagram. And so it's... If- If you or your listeners end up wearing the clothing out in the world, doing the good that you do in the world, if you tag democracy clothing or do the hashtag gene journey or democracy in action, we really want to know what's possible, what the foundation of these clothing choices are making in your life and the good that's happening as a result.
0: I love it. Thank you for that addition. Thank you so much for being here, Julie and Karen. I appreciate you and all the work you're putting out into the world. And I'm so grateful that you joined me for this conversation today. Thank you, Thank you. Sarah. Sarah. Okay, mamas, three quick action steps before I let you go today. Three things that I want you to do based on all the amazing things that came out of this conversation. First, I want you to go subscribe to Julie's podcast, Mother's Quest. She has so many phenomenal, really beautiful, thoughtful conversations on that show, and I want you to be able to hear all of them. The next thing is I want you to go shopping on Democracy on their website. Oh my goodness, I'm sitting wearing Democracy's jeans right now. I think I said in the interview, I only wear democracy jeans now, and some of them are more comfortable than my leggings. In fact, I wear jeans more often than leggings now because my democracy jeans are so comfy around my abs. I'm not even kidding. I really like, I don't usually have a love affair with jeans. I have a love affair with these. So just remember that Karen is offering a special 20% off coupon for all of our listeners. You get one-time use of this. If you go to democracyclothing.com slash discount slash shameless mom, you're going to get 20% off your entire order, but that ends February twenty-eighth. So between now and February twenty-eighth, pop over there. That link is in the show notes. Democracyclothing.com discount slash shameless mom. And then lastly Make sure that you are getting my emails so that you can get notified as soon as we open up enrollment for Momentum Mamas. So go to shamelessmom.com newsletter to make sure that you're getting my emails. And from there, you will get information in your inbox in the next few days about how you can join us in Momentum Mamas in our membership community where we will help you find your purpose and your passion and your power and really take charge of your life even in trying times. You got this. You're not alone. We're in it together and I'm here to help you.